Welcome to the Curator Salon podcast. I'm Geeta Joshi and today I'm talking to the wonderful Rachel Spencer. Welcome, Rachel. Ah, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Rachel is a business strategist and Instagram expert, so I had to get her on to talk about Instagram because right now this is my platform of choice. There's so many <laughs> media platforms, but I'm really enjoying Instagram. I've spent quite a bit of time on it the last year. And my personal account, I actually only started at the end of 2017. Uh, and that one I use now to sort of really talk about all the different things that I do as a curator, as an art dealer and an artist mentor. But Rachel, tell us about your story. Yeah, sure. Um, so it started back whenever I was, um, I had just moved to New York, so about five years ago. And I was kind of looking for what I wanted to do with my life. I had graduated college with a degree in acting. So you could say I'm in the arts realm as well. <laughs> and um, whenever I moved to New York, you know, I did a few, you know, off, off Broadway shows, some student films for um, the New York Film Academy and NYU. And I just was like, for some reason, this is not fulfilling me. And it really scared me because, you know, I went to college for acting and all of a sudden I decided I don't want to go that route. And so I thought I'm going to hire a life coach because I really need somebody to help me find my passion, help me figure out where I want to go next in my life. And that's what life coaches do. So through working with him, I actually discovered that I wanted to become a life coach myself. Um, and I specifically wanted to help women who have like low self-esteem and body image issues because that's something that I dealt with most of my life. So I started thinking about how I was going to gain clients. And I thought, well, obviously social media is the place to be, but am I just going to, you know, put myself out there, like build a fancy website and like, like how am I going to do this? So I thought, well, first things first, I just kind of want to share my story on social media. So I started messing around on Instagram, you know, that was back whenever it was still, you know, it was popular, but it was still moderately new. It did not have the features that it has today. And I started sharing my story and started getting real and raw and vulnerable with my audience. And I started gaining a lot of followers pretty fast. People saying, you know, oh, like I saw you on my explore page and I really connect with your story. I want to learn more about you. And Eventually, um, the media caught hold of my or caught hold of my story, um, such as like Self Magazine, Allure, Teen Vogue, um, and by the way, this is my story of um, finding my self worth with my body image issues since I was younger. That's really what I was posting on my platform. And so, once the media caught hold of it, it was like whoosh! My Instagram blew up, and I had just decided I was like, okay. I now am a life coach, but I'm not really telling people about this. I've really grown this platform just based upon, you know, my story and something that I'm passionate about. So I said, what would happen if I started leveraging that story and leveraging my current audience, which has the problem that I solve as a coach? So I said, that's what I'm going to do. And um, I announced that I was a life coach and I started working with people from Instagram and um, I ended up booking out my one-on-one -on -one coaching practice twice in a row really quickly. And I had other health coaches, marketing coaches, life coaches asking me, how did you grow your Instagram? Um, how did you become an expert? Where did you learn everything you know? And I started realizing, huh, 
um, people are willing to pay me to teach more about Instagram and social media and business and at a higher rate than whenever I was a life coach. So that's kind of the direction that I went in. And I'm so thankful because now um, I'm able to not only have the business side where I teach other people how to grow their social media and gain clients, but I still have this Instagram platform that is growing and growing and growing. And, you know, I was able to start my own podcast called The Journey to Worthy. And um, I just, you know, I'm getting asked to speak on panels and I have been able to have like the business side, but also the piece of influence, the influencer side as well. So, but it all started on Instagram. That's fantastic. How far into the journey was it before you got picked up by the press? I would say probably a year, about a year. Um, well, I had been sharing my story on a private account at first because um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it. I just wanted to share it and kind of see if people were enjoying it, if this was the route that I wanted to go, how vulnerable I wanted to be. It was kind of like a test run for a little while, maybe half a year. Um, but then once I opened it up to the public, you know, I started getting such a response from, you know, friends and family that I was like, okay, this is something that this is a message that a lot of people need to hear. So I opened it up to the public and I would say about a year after that is whenever, um, I was mentioned in the media and then that is what really made it skyrocket. I mean, within a couple months, um, I went from like 3000 followers to 10,000 followers. And did you use the, can you use the platform to reach media as well? Oh, yes, absolutely. It's, it's crazy too, because, um, you know, after Self Magazine picked up the story, I, I had no idea how they picked it up, how they found it. But then I got a message from somebody randomly in my inbox saying that they were from the Today's Show and they were, um, you know, uh, looking to write their own story on me after seeing my story in Self. And now I like have all of these like names and these accounts that I'm like, okay, anytime that I'm interested and, in, you know, if, if I have anything huge going on and I want a story written about me, I feel like I can pitch myself to these people. And, you know, my boyfriend, Jeremy, who's an artist, it's the same for him. Like he was able to read a bunch of articles online, see who wrote it, find them on Instagram and essentially pitch himself to them to write a story about him and he's gotten some responses from them. So it's really cool. It's really cool how you can connect with people from everywhere and not even just pitching to the media. I mean, I've, I've ended up working with um, people who are like celebrities or YouTube stars and um, just from all walks of life. It's crazy. So how did it feel going from being an influencer, being talked about, to then actually selling something? Because I know there's a mindset around that. And yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, definitely. Well, especially because also I, my niche was so genuine, you know, helping people who have these body image issues and these mental health issues. And it was, I was getting really close and personal with people and, you know, lending my advice to these very serious issues and topics. And so I was nervous that by offering my services, it would seem as though I was being pitchy or nasty salesy or that people wouldn't like it. But I actually found that if I 
came from it from a point of view of, of service. You know, like it would be a disservice for me to not offer this to them because I'm able to help them with what they're struggling with. So whenever I came from a place of service and made sure that it wasn't just constantly showing up to pitch something new or to promote myself, it was mostly telling my story, mostly connecting with people. And then if the time was right and I felt like somebody was a good fit to work with me, you know, I would reach out to them and then offer my services. So yeah, kind of having that mindset of coming from the service and connection point of view made it feel easier. And there is a business coach, her name is Alex Beaton, and she told a story recently that I love. She said, imagine that it's a super hot day outside. It's like 100 degrees, and you invite a guest over, and they walk into your apartment or your home, and they are just sweating, dripping sweat all over them, and they're panting. And so that's their problem, right? You can tell that they're super hot. And you say, hey, can I offer you a drink of water? And if they say no, okay, that's no. If they say yes, okay, that's yes. But the only time that it's salesy and gross and pushy and annoying is if you were to say, are you sure? Because you look like you could use a drink of water. You're sweating. It looks gross. Don't you need a drink of water? You know, so like that's how I like to look at sales. It's like, as long as you're just offering your service, if somebody says no, fine, let it go. If they say yes, that's the best case scenario. But as long as you're not pushy and annoying about it, then it's fine. And I've had people that thank me for not being pushy. And then a couple months later, they end up signing up. That's such a good story. <laughs> yeah, I love it, right? So coaching is quite different to artists, which is most of our audience. But it's all about the personal brand, which can I'd love for you to elaborate more on that. Yeah, so... Obviously, coaching is a personal service that you're offering somebody, whereas art is a product. But at the root of it all is a person, right? And I have found that no matter what you're selling, you need to build that know, like, and trust factor with somebody. Before they buy from you, they need to feel like they know you. They need to have a reason to want to buy from you instead of somebody else. You know, they need a reason to want to buy your art as opposed to another amazing artist. And I think that the number one thing that has changed the game, you know, from what I've seen is whenever people who are selling a product or selling art add a bunch of themselves into the mix on social media. And, you know, that's part of a personal brand. It's like making it surrounding you. Like people want to follow you to kind of be a fly on the wall and see what you're talking about, what you're doing. They want to be involved in the painting process. They don't just want to see the finished products. They want to see you sketching it. They want to see your mistakes. They want to see you scrap it and start all over if you have to. They want to see when a package gets damaged. You know, They want to see um, whenever you have a really cool idea and you get them involved and say, do you think this is cool? What colors should I use? I mean, that has really been a game changer for a bunch of the artists that I follow is seeing how they really involve their audience and coming from a personal, but also educational standpoint, teaching them like, Hey, this is how I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, I just think it's really cool to see that personal touch. It makes you want to follow along. It makes you want to come back for more. And then it feels so much more special when you buy that piece of art because you're not just buying the art, you're supporting the artist. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I definitely know that is 
what I really look for in the artists that I'm following and they're the ones I want to go back to when they're telling you about why they're drawing what they're drawing or even it's not, you know, it's not something from the studio. It's like where they've gone on a trip or something they saw that was inspiring or they're talking about a movie that influences how they view, you know, view something in society. It's all those different things that actually puts it all together as a, as a whole person behind, like you say, the artwork itself. Yeah, well, and that's why social media is so cool because, you know, the artists can hand their art over to a gallery and the gallery, you know, they're responsible for selling the piece itself. You know, they're talking about how it was made and um, how amazing the piece would look and all of that. But the cool thing about social media, like I was just saying, you know, people get an inside look into the process and who they're actually buying from. I know that um, my boyfriend, a, a bunch of his favorite artists are the ones that he's met in real life and he thinks are super nice, super cool. You know, he's had dinner with, he's had long conversations with, and he's like, they're a cool person and I love their art. I can't wait to buy a piece from them. Because Instagram, I mean, as well as all the other social media, I mean, do you use any of the other ones? Yeah. So I actually use Facebook most for business now. Um, Instagram is where I really promote my podcast and like the self-love body acceptance um, part of my journey just because, you know, that's where since I transitioned from life coaching to business, um, I wanted to keep that audience happy on Instagram and continue talking about those same things. But I have a separate Facebook group of um, I think there's like 3000 people now. Um, just where I talk about business stuff, how to grow your social media, how to close clients, sales, all of that stuff. Um, but I still bring some of my personal brand over to my personal page on Facebook. That's kind of where I talk about everything going on in my life. And that's what I think this personal brand means. It, for me, it is. It's given a fuller sort of rounded picture of that person and actually sort of showing that they have interest, not just in their subject, but all the things that feed you know, feed their mind, feed their, you know, creative output. Yeah. Well, and I was super nervous at first whenever I was transitioning because I was like, I do not want to talk about businessy stuff on my Instagram. Like it just doesn't feel genuine for me. It doesn't feel authentic because I prefer sharing, you know, being vulnerable and sharing about my body and about my self-worth and my journey on that page and I don't want to throw in how to grow your business and stuff like it just it didn't mesh together so I had this big like quote-unquote branding crisis where I was like oh my gosh like I have to start talking about business or I have to find a way to mesh the two and that's whenever I spoke to somebody who was one of my business mentors and she said well Rachel you've built a personal brand like people follow you for you so why can't you talk about whatever the heck you want to talk about on your Instagram and then have like a separate group for business but people can know you for both you can talk about whatever you want to talk about in your Instagram stories on your personal page all of that and I was like wait I can do that it like blew my mind that I could you know I know it's crazy but just be myself and people would continue um, following along so that was a big kind of shift for me was realizing that I could have these two separate sides of my business, but not be confused with my brand because I am the brand. 
So how would that relate for artists? I guess it's the same thing, isn't it? They don't really need to have a separate artist account plus a personal one. It's all should all be the same one, ideally. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a separate personal one. I'm not going to say don't do it. But if you do have an artist account, you know, I would urge you to involve more of yourself in the account. Even if that's just, um, you know, showing yourself painting or kind of showing yourself at art events, you know, just putting a face with the art is really what's most important. This is something I'm having to do more of because I've had the same advice, you know, and it's like I can't be hiding behind other people's exhibitions and things. Yes. Like, okay to dig out some pictures of me when it becomes so easy too because it's like the art is so beautiful and people do want to see the beautiful art so it becomes too easy to just kind of be like oh I, I, can, I can hide behind this art like I can just post pictures of my art people love it I get tons of engagement and while that's true at the end of the day if you're looking to expand in any way and really put yourself at the center of a brand and make it a true business they need to see the person behind it. So what are your top tips for how Instagram is working at the moment? Um, Instagram stories, 100%. That would be my number one tip. So it's funny because there didn't, use, there didn't used to be Instagram stories. It was just Instagram and then Snapchat, right? And I don't even know who uses Snapchat anymore. I never use Snapchat now that we have Instagram stories. But um, then Instagram stories kind of stole this idea of having like 15 second increments of people's everyday life instantly because it's Instagram, obviously. Um, but little, little Insta snaps of your life. And I've noticed that when it comes to the Instagram algorithm, sometimes I have a separate audience in my Instagram stories than I do on my feed. People who I've never seen like photos are consistently watching my stories and kind of vice versa. So it's kind of like a chance where when I'm in my stories, I make sure to let them know about new photos and stuff on my feed, but I'm also giving them like, instead of just on my feed, having, you know, a gallery of my best moments in my stories is when I'm able to show them behind the highlight reel. I'm able to be myself. That's where I'm able to show the struggles. That's where I'm able to involve them in the process of creating stuff, um, polling people what they want to see, you know, letting it be very hands-on. So use Instagram stories, you know, uh, Rihanna's, if you guys know, you know, the singer Rihanna, of course you do. Um, she's a really good example of this as well, which it's changed a little bit since her brand has changed. But basically back in the day, her Instagram was like a gallery of her like best photos. It was all like her modeling photos, her magazine covers, and then her Instagram story was her hanging out in the studio, like doing like real talk to the camera and just really being herself. So it's really just a separate space to show people who you really are. So I would say that is my top tip. Um, and like I said, involving people in the process, but also to get noticed by, you know, possibly the media and other brands and stuff. I like to tag influencers and media outlets in my posts because if they see it, if a celebrity sees it, an influencer, a media outlet, if they are to see it, one, if they repost it, I mean, that's incredible. But two, even if they just comment on it, 
that weighs really heavily in the algorithm because that signals to Instagram on the back end that your post is clearly very interesting, very important because somebody with so many followers is commenting on it. So, you know, you get boosted in the algorithm, which boosts you to the explore page. So it's kind of like one or the other. You either, you know, gain followers from it or you get mentioned in the media. So tagging influencers um, and talking to them too, you know, like going on their pages and commenting and stuff like that. But, and then Instagram stories, those are my number one tips. Do you use Insta stories more with video or pictures or both? I would say both, but probably video more. Um, I feel like that's the place where people do want to see the videos. They want to see what's going on in your life. And if you just post more photos, it's kind of like just a second feed, a second Instagram feed. Um, so yeah, I would say mostly videos. And I like to use the little sound on sticker because a lot of the time people have their sound off. And then if they don't know what you're saying, they scroll on past. So if I put the sound on sticker, they know to turn the sound on because what I'm saying is important. And hashtags. Let's talk about hashtags because I think, you know, there are some hashtags particularly, I'm, I'm sure across many industries, but in the art sector, things like art or artist on Instagram that have, you know, several million usage. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I know for a fact that it's changed. So back in the day, whenever there wasn't an algorithm and it was all in chronological order and the explore page works differently, it was basically that you wanted to use the most popular hashtags. That's what you wanted to do. The ones with millions and millions of posts underneath them, those are the ones that you wanted to use. But now it's to the point where you want to make sure you're using hashtags that have between 10K and 500K posts underneath them because lower than 10K, nobody's searching for that hashtag. Nobody's going to see it or not enough people that is. And above 500K, you know, the second you post and use that hashtag, you're getting buried by the next million, you know, people who are using that same hashtag. So that's kind of the sweet spot that I found is between 10K and 500K. And the way you find those is, for instance, you would search in the search bar art. And then whenever you search that, it, it shows you all of the other like hashtags that are similar to that, like art life or New York artist or something like that. And you want to choose the niche ones that have less posts underneath them. And actually, I found that using the um, hashtag in stories as well, because when people then search by hashtag, you turn up in the stories for the hashtag. That was always a quite a good thing as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think you can use, I want to say 12 to 15 I'm actually not exactly sure how many you can use in your stories because I've never used the maximum amount. But yeah, you can use them in your stories and then um, people who are you know, searching for that hashtag and click on the hashtag story can see your post, but also if they are, or can see your stories, but also if they're following that specific hashtag um, and then they also follow you, your story is going to show up first at the top of their feed as well. Gosh, amazing. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Yeah. Thanks so much, Rachel, for your time this evening. It's been amazing talking to you. We've got some great tips for which hashtags to follow particularly. Um, where can people find you online? Yeah, so you can connect with me on Instagram at mycoachrachel. Um, you can visit my website, which is mycoachrachel.com. 
Or if you are looking for business content, you can join me on Facebook in the group Inspirational Influencers. And then also if you are looking for a self-love type podcast, um, my podcast is called The Journey to Worthy. Brilliant. I will put all of that in the show notes. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much. Thank you.